This is Mackenzie Derry, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Laramore, North Dakota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick in studio. Randy Coonan in Denver this morning, Potato Expo underway there. We'll also have updates this morning from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. North Dakota Farmers Union Government Relations Director Matt Perdue says while expanding animal agriculture is important in the state, he's disappointed in Governor Burgum's wish to repeal the corporate farming law. We were glad to see uh, the governor place a focus on agriculture and uh, definitely share his interest in growing animal agriculture in the state. We think there's some unique opportunities to do that with all of the soybean meal um, going to be available here in the next couple of years. We were very disappointed to see the governor really take aim at our state's corporate farming law. Um, North Dakota voters have, have always supported um, family farms. It's part of our identity as a state. And to see the governor say we need to repeal that law when just six years ago North Dakota voters strongly rejected that repeal um, was very disappointing to us. Producers, there are other options to expand animal agriculture for family farms in North Dakota. We see great opportunities for, for family farmers and ranchers. And so North Dakota Farmers Union has been working with a coalition of groups and, and a number of legislators on key pieces of legislation we think will move that conversation forward. A lot of that um, is focused around building stronger conversations at the local level about opportunities um, for animal ag development. Um, and then some of that is about providing financial incentives for um, folks who want to develop livestock operations and also um, for other levels of the supply chain. So uh, supporting meat processing, supporting feed mills, supporting things like that. In Bismarck, the agriculture committees are meeting for the first time in this session. Both committees will go through the organizational process this morning. North Dakota Senate Agriculture and Veterans Affairs Committee will be also reviewing sustainable agriculture and meat processing. The House Ag Committee will review meat inspection rules and fee collection for Bruce Lose's tags. The Minnesota House Tax Committee approved the tax conformity bill with a unanimous voice vote. The bill now moves to the Ways and Means Committee later today. Lawmakers want to get that bill signed into law by January 13th so it will not disrupt state tax filing deadlines. The Red River Farm Network has spoken with the new House Agriculture Committee Chair in Minnesota. Here's Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman with that story. Samantha Vang began her third term as Minnesota State Representative this week and has taken the helm of the House Agriculture Committee after serving as Vice Chair last session. Vang says with great mentorship, she is ready to take on the role. Uh, Chair Sundane uh, has mentored me uh, into this role and uh, get ready uh, to be the current chair of, of Ag right now. And so I feel like having been an invested member, a longtime member on the committee, uh, and also being a vice chair has uh, prepared me to uh, listen and work uh, with colleagues across the aisle. It's always been a committee that's always been bipartisan, and we agree on a lot of issues, and we all support farmers. And so we, we're from all backgrounds. That is all that we want to do is continue to support our farmers here. Vang says the bipartisan committee will focus on supporting farmers while tackling familiar agriculture issues. I've been more vocal around um, supporting the next generation of farmers. Um, and that has been something that's uh, near and dear to me and uh, recognizing that that will be uh, a great need uh, in the long term. 
you know, another thing that uh, we've heard issues around um, extreme weather, such as drought, animal disease, such as the avian influenza. Look into exploring um, those issues and what we can do to uh, help farmers be more resilient and, and provide a safety net for farmers. Common issues that are, are um, uh, that I think will be reoccurring will be regarding grain indemnity fund. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Class 3 milk prices have been under pressure. Total farm marketing market analyst Naomi Bloom says the milk supply has been an issue. Well, the reality for milk prices is that we just have production that has been slowly increasing for the last four to five months. And we have an export market that is, you know, nice. It's doing, it's, it's doing well, but it's, it's the fact that the supplies are starting to grow is off-weighing the demand information at this time. So markets slid lower below that $19 support area, testing now $18, and we'll see if we can hold here at this level or not. Farmers National Company finished 2022 with record land sales volume of $766 million. That's up from $750 million in 2021. As potato growers from across the country and the world gather in Denver for Potato Expo, they took time out of their seminars to have a little fun while creating awareness of the uh, potato. Greg and Leah Halverson of Black Gold Farms competed in a potato cook-off. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Randy Coonan has more. A little bit of fun, but a little bit of stress, too. Well, a little bit of stress, but it's always fun when you're cooking potatoes. you got a winner to start with, so what the heck. We just kind of tried to do the best we could and have a little fun as we were doing it. Yeah. And kind of educational, too, at the same time. Yeah, it was great. Well, we were cooking. We don't normally cook with purple potatoes because, of course, we grow chip potatoes and and others. So it was fun to learn a little bit more about a different variety and to have Chef RJ and Chef Simon give feedback and and a little culinary uh, tips here and there and some potato history. It was really fun. The whole event was great. And not just cooked potatoes, but in an Instapot besides. Yeah, there was a while that we weren't sure we hit the right buttons to get that (laughs) Instapot going. So so we started to sweat for a little bit, but then... Then it all worked out. Greg, talk about uh, the potato industry where we're at right now. Well, the potato industry is in a, in a little different spot than we've been in in the last number of years. I'd say I don't know that there's a real shortage of potatoes, but there's a demand for potatoes now, maybe more than there's been in a long time, and that's a result of you know a lot of different things. And you know, there's, you can you can name the reasons for that till the cows come home. Bottom line is, it's a good industry to be in. Uh, it's the consumption of potatoes is going up, uh, literally all, all uh, forms and fashions of potatoes, uh, because we're kind of headquartered in North Dakota. We love North Dakota potatoes, and it was fun to, today to kind of to use the potatoes and, and, you know, put them together with some, with some beef and have a, have a great stew. Well, that's one thing, too, about uh, you mentioned the, the demand, consumption's going up. It's these types of things, these shows, uh, the Food Network shows, these little competitions that are are fun, but people realize, oh, I can do that with a potato. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes the potato gets forgotten about. That that could be an actual center of a plate uh, item. It could be a vegetable. It can be, you know, anything. And if you go Chef RJ from uh, Potatoes USA, he has so many recipes and and like the sky's the limit on where you can use potatoes and not just fresh potatoes but potato chips 
French fries, Dehi. Um, it's really fun to be here at an event like this and, and really discover all the new innovative ways from a consumer perspective on how potatoes can be used. All right, Greg and Leah Al Halverson from Black Gold Farms. We're here at Potato Expo. Our reports from Potato Expo brought to you by the National Potato Council, Bayer Crop Science, Gowan USA, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, AMVAC, and Syngenta. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Randy Conan. Thanks, Randy. Weed control was a big topic for the afternoon sessions at Lake Region Extension Roundup yesterday. Farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor was there. NDSU Walsh County Extension agent Brad Brummond says kosha is the biggest challenge in his county right now. Well, I, I think the one that trumps everything in Walsh County is kosher. Just about everything we throw at it, it has issues. I have cattlemen that are starting to hay it for a forage and, and trying to get rid of it that way. You need to keep your kosher from going to seed. Uh, that's the worst one. And, uh, the new kids on my block are uh, are stink grass and uh, and narrowly foxbeard that just have come in in the last several years. The reason these weeds are becoming much more prevalent in our crop production systems is because it, number one, either they're resistant, or number two, they have natural evasion characteristics in them. So if you do not specifically target these weeds, you're most likely going to miss them in your weed control program. Brumman says farmers need to scout their fields and be able to identify the problematic weeds before putting together a control plan. My philosophy is the more you know about the weeds you have, the better you can manage it, at least with our wild oats and our green foxtail populations. I recommend we do a weeds, uh, weed resistance screen, get a couple cups of uh, weed seeds, which is not hard at all if you really got the weed, and find out what is working, what is not working. Let's not do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Let's know where we're starting from. Let's get a little more uh, creative on some of our rotations. The shorter you lock down the rotation, the more problematic it's going to be. I, th I think the reason we have binding wormwood as badly as we have binding wormwood in Walsh County is simply because we've got a dry bean and a wheat rotation, and it's always there in the second year. The Lake Region Extension Roundup program continues through this afternoon. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. We've been counting down the top uh, stories of the past year this week. The midterm elections brought change at the national and state level for agriculture. That's the Red River Farm Network's number seven story of 2022. For the past two years, the Democrats had the majority in both chambers of Congress and President Biden was in the overall office. The Democrats ultimately kept a narrow majority in the Senate but lost control in the House. The House Ag Committee now will be chaired by Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn G.T. Thompson. He'll be succeeding Representative David Scott of Georgia. His priorities would be uh, dairy, forestry, nutrition, more from an oversight perspective, and, and crop insurance. Uh, Mr. Scott um, has focused on climate, racial equity, Southern commodities, those are areas of uh, high importance to him. So I think there would be a significant difference in their in their approach and in what their priorities are. Mr. Thompson has already... Uh... That's James Callan, who leads a public policy firm in Washington, D.C. and represents Midwest farm groups. The biggest change at the state levels in Minnesota, with the DFL now controlling the governor's office, the Senate, and the House... The Minnesota House Ag Committee will be chaired by Representative Samantha Vang. The Senate Ag Committee, led by State Senator Eric Putman. Vang's a community organizer from Brooklyn Center. Putman, a college professor in St. Cloud. Selling high cattle prices has been a relief to many cattle producers, but weather and input costs continue to drive greater efficiency. 
NDSU Extension Livestock Specialist Carl Hoppe says there's several management tools that can help improve the bottom line. So even though the cattle prices have gone up, our feed prices have gone up as well. So our margin, we're still in a margin business. And you have to look at how to get the most out of the feed that you bought. And that would include grinding feeds like grains, so you get another 5-10% improvement. Use things like totally mixed rations, so you get another 5-7% to improvement. And things like ionophores, Bovatec or Remensin, help improve feed efficiency, so you got a 5-7% to improvement. See how these all stack up? They keep adding to value to everybody. And then the other thing I always like to remind people of is look at feed testing. Make sure you know what feeds you have and how you need to blend those two together and be able to adjust the ration accordingly so you're not spending on things you don't need. Hoppy, a speaker at the Lake Region Extension Roundup yesterday. In the markets this morning, we're two and a quarter higher for March Minneapolis wheat at 905 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat, three higher. KC wheat, same contract, three and a half higher. March corn, a penny gain at 654 and three quarters. New crop, a half cent higher. Soybeans have uh, dropped a fraction lower. March down a half penny, 1483. July down a half penny as well. Uh, again, uh, in the Soy meal were lower, soybean oil on the plus side as we speak. On the farm calendar, American Farm Bureau Federation Convention will be getting underway tomorrow officially. That's going on this year in San Juan, Puerto Rico. The National, uh, North Dakota rather, North Dakota Angus Association has its select sale going on in Mandan. That will be held on Saturday. Have yourself a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.